is brought to you by Just As I Am Ministries, a nonprofit that gives hope and help to those lost in addiction. Rich and Susan are a husband and wife team who found grace and freedom from 20 years of addiction to drugs and alcohol. They broke free from their bondage 15 years ago and are here to share their experience of God's power in recovery. God can change lives. Now, here's Rich and Susan with Freedom to Choose. My name is Rich Collenberg. And my name is Susan Collenberg. Susan, last time we talked about being forever forgiven. What are we going to talk about today? Today we're going to continue to talk about being forgiven. That's right. Today we will answer some of the questions as to how we can find true freedom in the assurance of knowing that we're truly forgiven. And also we're going to talk a little bit about what it takes to, uh, to get out there and let people know that you're forever forgiven. You know, uh, part of being forgiven is telling people about how you've been forgiven and what it's done for you. That is as much a part of witnessing as what God has done personally in the victories in your life, as well as telling him, telling uh, everybody about how you you've been forgiven, and and what that's really done for you in your life, how it's changed your life. Right, because I think people can see and look and say, wow, if they've been forgiven that, then I think there's hope mm. for me or, or, you know, we just, we learn from each other. That's right. And we strengthen each other and, and all of that. Susan, would you begin today's program with a word of prayer? Yes. Our loving Father in heaven, thank you once again for this new day of life. We're so grateful that um, you desire to be close to us, to forgive us. But not just to forgive us, but to also cleanse us from the things that hurt us and hurt you and hurt others. And we're so grateful for all that you do in our lives. We just pray that you will bless us with your spirit. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Do you believe that you are truly forgiven for the things you've done in the past? Do you find it hard to forgive others? Do you really spend enough time in prayer talking to God about these things? I know most people, when you ask them, do you pray to God enough? They will say no. Even the most devout Christian, when you ask them, how's your prayer life? Well, it could be better. And if you were to ask me, how's your devotional life, Rich? And especially, how's your prayer life? I would have to answer, it could be much better. You know, because Jesus is our pattern. He is our example. And we are to follow that example and he spent a lot of time in prayer well you know the thing is is that there's a principle in the bible and it's in the text that says by beholding you become changed that's right and as we be we behold the the perfect pattern then we're um we become like that pattern that's exactly right um once again i'd like to tell a story here um back in 07 uh my father was dying of cancer and he had fought this battle for about 10 years. And Susan and I moved out onto the property there, and we began taking care of him, which was not, a very, not very difficult, but towards the very, very end, it got to be a little bit difficult. And some things began to happen 
right towards the end, um, I would say a couple, three or four months before he passed away. And what began to happen, I misunderstood. And he seemed like every weekend he wanted to start a new project. You know, he knew I worked very hard. I, I'm in construction. I pour concrete. And on the weekends, I'm about dead. <laughs> and besides, we do we have our ministry stuff we do on the weekends and stuff like that. And it seemed like every weekend he had a, a new project that he wanted to do. And it wasn't just a little project. You know, it would be it would be a, a project. It would be, you know, cutting down a a 60-foot-tall tree and cutting it all up and getting it all stacked and put away and the brush cleaned up and burned or whatever. And, you know, the next weekend we'd start, we'd do another project. It'd be one project after another every weekend. And I didn't have the heart to tell him, you know, dad, I'm, I'm tired, but it began to wear on me. And I thought, is he just inventing this stuff for me to do? What is going on? Right, and, because we spent a lot of time with him. So it's not as though we didn't, you know, we weren't with him. We, we were there every night. I went every morning and spent, you know, an hour with him. So we, we were present with him. And, but, but to tell you the truth, this was, this was killing me. And I started to get angry. And I started to get angry. I said, you know, I want at least one weekend off. What is going on here? And I began to become real selfish about this whole thing. And... These projects that he was wanting me to do, they weren't on my A list. And the more the more I got putting up new fence, and yeah, w- whatever it would be, you know, it was all of these projects that uh, you know, rewiring the electrical in the garage or whatever. And and I don't know, I began to get more and more selfish and more and more angry at what was going on. And finally, um, you know, as a last resort. <laughs> we we pray about things and so we have this little pond out at our property and it has a a dam on it and when i really get in a pickle and i should probably do this more t- more often than not whether i'm in a pickle or not but when i really get in a pickle i go out and i sit on that dam and i talk to god and this was one of those occasions where i went out I sat on that dam. I don't know how long I sat there, but I began to talk to God, almost argue with him at times, and pleading with me, Lord, what am I supposed to learn from this experience? I mean, you know, I'm wore out. I've got nothing left. I can't do another project. This is, this is ridiculous. What is going on? And finally, after uh, quite some time of wrestling with God, uh, it came to me that my father knew he was about ready to pass away, and all he was trying to do was make sure that that property, property was perfect for me so that when he passed away, he could pass away in peace, and that's how much he loved me. And that's what the Lord told me through that prayer. And I mean, immediately, my uh, anger was gone. Immediately, my resentment was gone. Immediately, I had the energy to do any project 
that my dad wanted me to do because now I was looking at this situation through a different line of vision, a different line of sight. Instead of worrying so much about myself, I should have been worried about what my dad was trying to accomplish, and and that's all it was. It was his way to show me how much he loved me. Now, I wanted to share that story with you to emphasize how important prayer is. You know, we need to spend time in prayer or we get things wrong. Today, we're going to talk about forgiveness, about our part. You see, as Christians, we need to spend plenty of time in prayer to give us the strength to forgive or the strength to do to not do what we don't want to do and to do what we need to do. It's all a package deal. That's what prayer is for. It's also to accept forgiveness and to learn how to forgive. But one thing I wanted to touch on before we get too far into this is presumptuous prayers. And what do I mean by presumptuous prayers? In other words, what would you think about praying to God for traveling mercies? God, please protect me as I travel, but then driving 90 miles an hour everywhere you go. Um, that's a presumptuous prayer. And there's many kinds of prayers like that. You can pray to God to help keep you safe, but then go to the bar every night until 2 in the morning and come out drunk and drive home, but still pray for God to keep you safe. Those are presumptuous prayers. We're not putting ourselves in the channel of blessing. We're putting ourselves in a channel of danger and still asking God to watch over us. Very dangerous to do that, to presume on God's care like that. And it's also dangerous to presume on God's forgiveness. Because if we, if I was to, to be unfaithful to Susan, oh boy, did I get a look right then. <laughs> if I was to be unfaithful to Susan and ask for forgiveness, and yet the next night be unfaithful again, come home, ask for forgiveness, and do that over and over and over again, what do you think would be going through her mind? No way. <laughs> You're going to have to forgive you. Be, there is... Uh, there's not a sincerity in the prayer. There's it's, not a it's sincerity just, in it's the... It's just a wanting forgiveness so that you can continue to do the same thing over and over again. Right. No changed. No in change the in the person. Now, God is forgiveness personified. He will continue to for, forgive us, but we have a hard time accepting that forgiveness if we're in a revolving door. In other words, asking for forgiveness of Susan after I continue to do bad things eventually changes me, and it changes the quality of my asking for forgiveness. doesn't change her as much as it changes me. It makes everything trivial. You know, the King David understood this, and in Psalms 139.23, he said, Examine me, O God. Know my mind, test me, discover my thoughts, find out if there's any evil in me, and guide me in the everlasting way. Find out if I am being presumptuous in anything, Lord. Am I treating you like an unfaithful husband to a wife, continually to ask for forgiveness and not really mean it? Right, instead of being willing to be changed. However, God will forgive. And true forgiveness means canceling it out. Right. 
uh, Henry Ward Beecher said, I can forgive, but I can't forget, is only another way of saying I will not forgive. Forgiveness ought to be like a canceled note, torn in two and burned up so that it never can be shown against one. You know, sometimes it's really hard to forgive, especially when you've been hurt really bad. Daily prayer is essential for your spiritual growth and for your spiritual life itself. Just as good food is important to physical well-being, prayer is necessary for your mental well-being. The Bible says in 1 Thessalonians 5.17, pray at all times. In 5.18 it says, be thankful in all circumstances. This is what God wants from you in your life and union with Christ Jesus. So, Jesus prayed to his Father how often? All the time. All the time, frequently. It was his habit. When his disciples asked him to teach them how to pray, he responded in the book of Luke like this. In Luke 11, Luke chapter 11, verses 2 through 4. And the Bible says, And he said unto them, When ye pray, say, Our Father which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, as in heaven so in earth. Now what does that mean? Thy will be done as in heaven, so in earth. Well, like we talked about last week, what Jesus is saying here is, Father, help us to live in harmony down here on earth just like everybody lives in harmony up in heaven. Your will be done on in, in heaven as so on earth. We know, Lord, that it's wonderful up there. We know that everybody up there tells the truth. We know that everybody does not need the Ten Commandments on their wall not to kill up or there. Or to steal or, or to, to steal. lie or to covet. No, the law is written in their hearts. We know that they don't wake up in the morning and look at the Ten Commandments on the wall and say, you know, I'd sure like to go kill another angel today, but the Ten Commandments say don't do it, therefore I'm not going to do it. No, that law is written on their hearts. They don't want to do it because it's a part of them. Right. It's the principle which, which, which with they live by. Yeah, doing the right thing because it is right. That's right. And the prayer continues. Give us day by day our daily bread and forgive us our sins, for we also forgive everyone that is indebted to us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. See, we find that Jesus teaches that we should not only ask for forgiveness from our Heavenly Father, but included in that prayer is a statement that we are to acknowledge that we are willing to forgive those that have hurt us also. You see, as we grow, reading the Word of God, praying, and gaining more knowledge about the nature of forgiveness, we find that there is yet another part for us to play. Matthew 6.14 says, If you forgive others the wrongs that they have done to you, your Father in heaven will also forgive you. But if you do not forgive others, then your Father will not forgive the wrongs you have done. As we learn more about the character of God, that he is a kind, loving, forgiving God, we begin to understand the importance and power of forgiveness. As we confess our own shortcomings and accept God's forgiveness, it brings about a change in our lives. See, there's security and joy from knowing that we are forgiveness forgiven and this enables us to gain the mindset and the power and desire to forgive others the faith i live by is uh, a book by one of my favorite authors uh, 
Susan, can you read a quote out of that? Yes. We can receive forgiveness from God only as we forgive others. It is the love of God that draws us unto him. And that love cannot touch our hearts without creating love for our brethren. We are not forgiven because we forgive, but as we forgive. The ground of all forgiveness is found in the unmerited love of God. But by our attitude towards others, we show whether we have made that love our own. Boy, isn't that a great quote. By our attitude towards others, we show whether we have made that love our own. You know, when you see someone walking down the street that is not as fortunate as as you might be, and they might look a little bit worn out, maybe uh, look like they've had a bit of a hard life, um, you, you just, we have to understand that they are one of God's children also. Right. You know, I, this was probably the biggest thing that I struggled with was um, forgiveness, um, I recognized that God had forgiven me, but I was almost incapable of, of facing myself and and facing life ahead of me without dealing with my past and being able to forgive people that had really harmed me when I was younger. And that was, uh, um, you know, resentment that I had towards the people who had um, sexually molested me. I had resentment towards my mom and dad because I thought, how could they let this happen to me even though they didn't know anything? And I had some real anger towards God as well, because if he was all powerful, how in the world, you know, why would he, if he was so powerful and all knowing, how could he possibly let those kinds of things happen to a young child that was incapable of protecting herself? And I could not live with myself until I was able to to have that forgiveness for the people that, that harmed me. And that's a really difficult thing for somebody who's been abused to, to get beyond that, is to recognize that we I've been forgiven so much that I, in turn, have to forgive in the same manner that I've been forgiven. Yeah, you know, I, I want to go back to that quote again where she says, the ground of all forgiveness is found in the unmerited love of God, but by our attitude towards others, we show whether we have made that love our own. I mean, you read story after story after about people that have forgiven other people for incredible things that have been done against them, and you know that that, that the love of God is the only thing in their heart that allows them to do that. You know, and once we have that forgiveness, there's a, there's a peace in our life that we can, could never get from any drug or any car or any anything else that only comes from God and for that and that true forgiveness given and gotten you that's, know, given to someone else and gotten for that's ourselves. right there's no such thing as a non-caring Christian a non-forgiving pr- Christian a non-praying Christian there's no such thing as that there's no such thing as a Christian hermit if you will now I want to do uh this is very interesting to me. I wanted to share it with you. Um, I don't know, maybe some of you have heard of St. Simeon before, but this just fascinates me um, in the context of a, of a, uh, of a Christian uh, and what he did uh, to avoid people. St. Simeon was a Christian ascetic saint who achieved fame because he lived for 37 years on a small platform atop of a pillar in Aleppo in Syria. 
According to Theodoret, Bishop of Cyrus, Simeon developed a zeal for Christianity at the age of 13 following a lecture of the Beatitudes. He subjected himself to ever-increasing bodily austerities from an early age, especially fasting, and he entered a monastery before the age of 16. He became despaired of the ever-increasing number of people who frequently came to him for prayers and advice. Do you get that? He became despaired of the ever-increasing number of people who frequently came to him for prayers and advice. As he seemed to be unable to avoid escaping the world horizontally, he made an attempt to try to escape it vertically. He set himself up on a series of pillars where he spent the remainder of his life. The first one was about nine feet high, where he lived for four years. The second was 18 feet high, where he lived for three years. The third was 33 feet high, and that was his home for 10 years. The fourth and last was built by the people was 60 feet high, where he lived for the last 20 years of his life. He made many. He had many imitators called stylites, from the Greek word stylos, or pillar hermits. You see, St. Simeon wanted to be called a Christian, but he did not want to do the duties of a Christian. He didn't have the love of Christ in his heart, and he tried to get away from everyone, and he couldn't do it horizontally, so he did it vertically. And he sat on that pillar, and you can just imagine the people had to bring him food, but there's other. he never got down off that pillar. So you can imagine what it was like up on that pillar. All of this to show how holy he would be by avoiding helping people. In fact, people actually had to wait on him. I don't know about you, but I kind of sometimes find myself wanting to avoid people and and find myself not as zealous for people as I ought to be. And sometimes I think, should I, might I as well ought to be on that pillar? Am I that what I'm doing spiritually, even though I'm not physically on that pillar, you know? Um, I think that God calls for each one of us to have a um, a love for people like he did. And to, you know, not to the point where we get worn out, but to, to definitely put the effort in because we know that we've been forgiven so much and we need to share with others so that they too can can recognize the forgiveness that right. God has and for them. Then that's what we're going to talk about next week is God's grace and what it takes to, to, to share. You know, I mean, I remember one time I um, had to do a funeral for, for an old fa- friend. And, uh, you know, it's kind of hard. You pull around the corner and you see uh, at the at the at the place where they're going to have the funeral and you see all the motorcycles lined up and all the old friends there and here you walk up in a suit and you're going to be the preacher at the funeral and it's very difficult to make the switch it's very hard sometimes to stand up for god and to but you know what it always works out it always works out that's right when god calls us to do anything we have to answer the call whether it's to forgive someone to witness, to support, and you know what? This is not always the it easy has thing to, to do. It's not easy. No. It's not always easy to stand up for God. It's not always easy to answer that phone and support all the time. But you know what? We're not trying to discourage anybody from calling in because we will—please call in. 
Uh, the number is 916-645-1297. Right. We'd love to be able to hear from you if you have prayer requests or if you want to get some of our resources or just to let us know what you think the program how it's doing yeah and 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 especially if you if you uh if you have somebody that's struggling and they need prayer or what have you um and also if you just need to talk about somebody that might you might uh that might need help right we've gotten some really great phone calls and we thank you for your responses because it's been just a wonderful uh it's been encouraging for us it's been very encouraging for us so once again don't worry don't uh don't discount the power of prayer. Don't discount the power of God's forgiveness. And don't discount God's power, period. If he can help people like Susan and I, he can help you. Remember, folks, there are only two ways to live your life. One is like nothing is a miracle, and the other is like everything is a miracle. And you have the freedom to choose. Do I love my neighbor? Thank you for listening to Freedom to Choose. There truly is hope for anyone whose life is in captivity and being overrun with the devastation of addiction. Rich and Susan are living testimonials and have created a seven-step biblically-based handbook and a recovery workbook to move those you love toward freedom. If you'd like to order the Addiction Recovery Book for someone you know, or if you're a member of a church and you'd like to create a ministry in the area of addiction, Rich and Susan can help you get started. Please call Rich and Susan at 916-645-1297 or go to justasiamministries.com. As a nonprofit, they are blessed by people like you. 916-645-1297 or www.justasiamministries.com. Thank you for listening. And remember, you can do all things through Christ who strengthens you.